Riley Murtha, and I'm your host. This is Life and Shit, your weekly safe haven away from all of the artificial bullshit going on out there, where we discuss what it means to live well, what it means to truly feel good, and how we can achieve those things. So thank you so much for being here, and let's get to this week's episode. It's me, I'm back. I took a break from recording episodes just because I felt like I needed to. I mean, with a podcast called Life and Shit, I don't even feel like I really need to explain myself for that. But going through something, not sure what, some big changes on the horizon for me, and I just needed a bit of space and a bit of time to process. But I'll always be back. So here I am. Thank you guys for tuning in. I don't even know what number episode we're at anymore, man. But welcome to this episode of Life and Shit. My guest today is a friend of mine, another personal trainer homie who I admire a lot. He has a really unique and a really fucking incredible story and a lot of wisdom to share. So let's get to it. Here's Cody Felgner. Hello. Hey. As soon as I press record, I get so awkward, and I'm like, um, okay. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> All right, welcome. Thank you for joining me. What's up, Riley? What's up? So, who the fuck are you? I don't, I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> um, as far as I know, I'm Cody, personal trainer, strength coach, nutritionist. What led you to becoming a personal trainer? How long have you been personal training? Um... I have been personal training for about three years now, two and a half, three years. Um, I started out not really, not really fully like into it when I started because I was like still pretty not sure of myself, I guess, um, because I came from like a really big weight loss background. So I started feeling like I was still a fat piece of shit. Um, so Initially, I lost like 130 pounds and kind of like realized that I was kind of good at helping other people with that. So that's kind of why I got started, kind of wanted to help other people that felt like lost and hopeless do the same shit that I did. So, yeah. That's amazing. 130 pounds? Yes, ma'am. Tell us a bit about that journey. Did you lose that weight and then you became a personal trainer or did that happen at the same time? Like, how did that all unfold? So I actually... Like, and I, I say this to my clients all the time, losing weight is not the hard part. Sustaining your weight is. So I actually lost weight like a bunch of fucking times, like three, four, five times. Um, and actually my lightest weight was prior to my biggest weight gain. So the lightest I've ever been was 190 pounds. Um, and that was prior to getting to my heaviest. So it was like really a journey of up and down, right? So, um, I initially, in high school, was always, like, bigger, um, kind of floated around, like, 280, 290, dropped down as low as, like, 190 was my lowest, like I said, and then from there, slowly, like, started creeping back upwards. Basically, when I made the decision that I wanted to be a personal trainer, it took me, like, I want to say six months to actually do it. Um, because at that point I was, that was after I had lost that initial weight and then gained it back, um, getting as high as like 360, like I said. And then I think when I made the decision, I was around like 300 pounds. Mm. Um, and like when you're fucking 300 pounds, you're like, really, I want to be a personal trainer. Like, are you kidding me? Like who the fuck's going to listen to me? Um, (laughs) yeah, you must have had like massive imposter syndrome. Yeah, exactly. Like, I still knew my shit. I still knew how to help people. But like, like you said, imposter syndrome is very real in that situation. So basically, it was like a six month process of me like finally getting the balls to finally like go and do it. Um, And then I I did a five month program with my certificate. So I actually like lost some weight during that. Um, So when I actually like finished my PT certification, I was probably like 270 pounds or something like that. Um, And then started out at like any time fitness like half-assed it didn't really try very hard because i still didn't really believe in myself um and then 
was still like heavier. Um, and then I ended up actually like where I met you at crunch. I was just there to work out one day and just had a resume with me and just happened to drop it off. Um, and then from there, like decided to fully like apply myself and jump into it. And I started like reading a lot and like gaining a lot more confidence and getting more clients, gaining more traction and starting to like finally believe that I could actually do it. Um, and then from there, like continue to like drop weight, get more confident, gain more clients, do a better job and like really start to believe in my capabilities as a trainer and just as a coach in general. Yeah. So basically you're saying that meeting me changed your life. Yeah, exactly. So like everything <laughs> that has happened and being great in my life is all like because of you. Okay. pretty much you're welcome yeah. <laughs> no that's awesome um so I mean I think a lot of people can relate to that like the yo-yoing right like the up and down but it, your perspective is interesting because it's a little bit more extreme than most people probably have experienced um like I've been there I've kind of gone through that and lost it and gained it and lost it and gained it like that was pretty much my whole 20s but yeah what was your first like weight loss attempt like you mentioned being heavier in high school like did you have that in mind back then, like in your like teen years, or was that something that came later? I was basically fat from the time I was like five years old. So in grade six, I was 211 pounds. Oh, wow. In so grade I was six. about like, yeah, yeah I was five foot five, 211 pounds. I was just like a fat little fucking ball of shit that walked around the playground and got made fun of tremendously to the point where I don't even remember a lot of my childhood because so much of it is suppressed. Um, but basically, yeah, I was fat my entire life. So it was like really who I identified myself as. Um, and you kind of like, part of why I have such an amazing personality now is because it's something I could have going for me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I was fat my entire life. Um, and then like, it just continued on through high school. Um, and then basically like food was a big crutch for me. It was like an addiction and it still is right. It's something you kind of never really fully get rid of you just learn how to deal with it and cope with it mm -hmm. um so yeah food was a crutch um it was my what I would go to when I was emotional when I felt like shit and when I wanted to like comfort myself mm -hmm. and then it, like, it just makes you feel shittier and it's just a, a snowball effect totally. um but yeah so I was always fat and then like my fattest like I said was 360 pounds and basically like I lost and gained weight more times I can ever count. I tried every diet you could ever think of. Realistically, probably have done 30, 40 different diets mm -hmm. and lost weight 30, 40, 50 different times. But the first time that it really stuck um, was that first time I lost a shit ton of weight in high school. I got down to 190, like I said, but I didn't do things the sustainable way. Yeah. Um, like I was tracking my macros. I was doing all the right shit. I was going to the gym, lifting weights, like all the shit that you're supposed to do. But my calorie deficit was intense as fuck. Yeah. It was way further than you should ever take it. Um, and that's what I think a lot of people do. And that's why, like like I said, the hard part is not losing weight. It's sustaining the weight loss, right? Losing weight is fucking easy. You just don't eat. Yeah. Sustaining it is hard because you have to actually like have habits in place. You have to actually like take the time to change your life and like learn things and build new habits and better lifestyles. Um, so yeah, basically lost weight a shit ton of times. So yeah. That's what it's all about, right? Like I always say to all my clients, like I'm never going to recommend anything to you that's not sustainable long-term because I've done that. Like I think we've all been there. We You restrict and then there's always like the rebound from that. And I think that's like for – for me and for a lot of people, that's what where like the the binge eating comes from because you're depriving yourself so much, and then something happens and you snap and you're like out of control. It's the same. It's a, it's like you said, it's an addiction. It's the same as any kind of addiction. Yeah. When you try and when you try and restrict yourself and deprive yourself, there's going to be a, a consequence to that. And then, like you said, like that becomes your coping mechanism, and it's like it's like you're trying to numb all the shit that you're feeling and all of that, like all the self-worth stuff and all of that so I relate to that a lot uh you mentioned that you like you dealt with binge eating disorder so what how did that start and like what did that look like for you um so like binge eating binge eating started before I ever actually started to restrict myself it kind of would just happen in times of like intense emotion like I don't know I had a rough childhood growing up and it was like I said like a coping mechanism for me 
So I would binge eat literally just to fucking feel something. Mm. Like, to feel just disgustingly full and, like, satisfied almost. Like, even though it was, like, you're so fucking full and you feel so shitty that you, like, you can't even do anything for the rest of that day. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, for me, it started before it was, like, an issue with restriction or, like, mm. anything like that, which does happen with a lot of people, with a lot of clients. Um, and then it just kind of carried on. And, like, I still very, very rarely will find myself, like, falling back into it. But now I have, like, ways to cope with it and ways to, like, snap myself out of it. Um, and, again, it's like any other addiction. It's, like, it doesn't just fucking go away. Mm-hmm. You just learn how to deal with it. And you learn some different strategies and some different ways to kind of get yourself away from it. Um, and just, like, other things to do, other things to occupy your mind, other ways to deal with those emotions. Yeah, that's what it is, right? Like learning healthier ways to cope with those uncomfortable emotions that actually might help you heal and process them instead of just stuffing them down and trying to avoid them by eating. Like that was what it was for me. Like when I was dealing with that kind of behavior, like I would do the same thing. I would like be low. Like when I first moved to Vancouver nine years ago, I had just gone through like a really shitty breakup and I was really lonely and I didn't know anybody here. So I would just like eat and eat and like I would eat to the point where I was like if the house was burning down right now I could not physically get outside and then like for days after that you're like sore like my body would be like sore and like my abdomen would be it feel like I was bruised because I literally just like ate so much food that my whole shit was just fucked yeah. And for me, like, I remember one night realizing that I had, like, an issue. Like, I was like, this is actually, like, super problematic. Like, this feels like an addiction. And I started reading about it. And I was like, oh, this is, like, actually, like, super disordered eating. And I was like, what am I going to do? And once I started, like, therapy and just, like, learning how to, like, actually deal with the shit that I was going through, it just kind of, like, resolved itself over time. Like, it like, wasn't, like, overnight. But I just became more able to cope with my emotions and, like, that behavior subsided because I was doing things differently but what did that look like for you like you mentioned finding other ways to cope what would you recommend to someone who might be listening to this and dealing with this type of behavior I mean the first thing is like admitting that there is an issue like you said because it's really easy to just ignore it and think that it isn't happening when you know damn fucking well it is it can be hard to face that shit head on and, and deal with it um, but like realistically, like go get fucking help yeah. because some of the shit is just too hard to deal with on your own and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But other than like, other than trying to like reach out to somebody else, like find some other shit to occupy your time, find some other shit to occupy your mind, right? Like figure it out. Like, are you eating because you're emotional? Are you eating because you're bored? Like what, what is causing it to happen? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and sometimes you don't know and that's why you have to go get help. But if you do sit down and you figure it out, then find something else. Like, are you eating when you get sad? Maybe you need to just fuck off and go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Maybe you need to read a book. Maybe you need to fucking meditate. Maybe you need to listen to this 10 out of 10 fucking podcast. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, find something else to occupy your mind. Find something else to get you out of that shitty headspace. Um, And just do something constructive other than destructive. Yeah. When you say get help, like, do you mean, like, a therapist or, like, someone who's, like, literally going to help, like, with eating disorders or, like, a personal trainer? Like, what kind of help? I guess it just it depends on the person yeah. and what they're comfortable with. Like, sometimes that can just look like maybe reaching out to a friend and being like, hey, mm. I'm doing this and this is happening for me. And just, like, getting it out there and just fucking saying it sometimes can be yeah. enough. Just admitting that there is an issue for other people. Maybe that's legitimately going and seeking out a therapist that specializes in binge eating disorder because those do exist, believe it or not. DM me, whatever. Like, find something, you know. Like, take that first step. That's the important part. How do you think people can differentiate between just overeating and then, like, binge eating? So, I would say that, like, overeating is, like, I don't know. You go out or you order a pizza and it's like, oh, fuck, I had one slice too many. Whereas binge eating is like you're almost in this like fucking tunnel vision, like just this zone of like trying to get as much fucking food in your face as you can. And like there's always some sort of just like mental attachment to it. Like for some people that can look like, oh, this is the last time I'm going to do this yeah. and then as I can. And then tomorrow I'm going to go for a run. Like, whatever it is, right? And, again, like, I can't exactly paint the picture of, of what that 
mindset looks like for each specific person. Yeah. And it, it can even vary from like each specific episode of binge eating. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes, like I said, it's like, this is the last time I'm going to eat that. And Monday I'm on a new diet or like for some people legitimately. And I've been in a place too, where it's like, you're literally eating because you kind of want to fucking stuff yourself until you can't breathe anymore. So that you feel like, I don't know. It's almost like, a very slow suicide attempt for some people. Mm, like you're going to really, like shut your organs down. You're just yeah. going to eat so much that your body can't even take it. Absolutely. And it's like, it's very dark and it sounds fucked up to say if you've never dealt with that. Yeah. But that's a very real thing for a lot of people too, where it's like, it's suicide by food. Mm. That literally exists. Yeah. Really. For me, I would feel like possessed. Like it would like take over me and you kind of like lose sight of everything around you and you're just like obsessing and like compulsively eating like something's possessing you. And I always have that mindset. I'm like, this is going to be the last time I'm going to do this. So I'm just going to like really go ham here and then like tomorrow's going to be a new day and that was like never the last time, obviously, I think. I think people do that even like in a less intense way, like with eating badly or even like, you know, drinking or all of the things that we like try and do in moderation that like all or nothing mindset, like it fucks with you. Like just do things in balance and moderation and don't have that like last time mindset because that will play you every time. Exactly. And this is like, even if we're just talking about nutrition, this is where like I get into a lot of fucking arguments with people where it's like, is food good for you? Is food bad for you? Well, if you have like a little bit of food, or you have like a moderate amount of food, it's probably fine. If you're fucking stuffing yourself to the absolute maximum, it's probably bad for you. And it's the same thing with shit like salt and sugar and like whatever. It's like, is it good for you? Is it bad for you? The answer is usually in the fucking middle. Mm-hmm. So like with everything, like find moderation. It sounds so cliche and like whatever, but like every fucking thing can be taken to an extreme level. Yeah. Even exercise, like you can over-exercise. Yeah. Like I see it all the time. People get obsessive with it mm-hmm. and they think that they have to do so much and it's just like find that middle ground, find that happy level, you know what I mean? So I think a lot of people can benefit from, from moderation and a lot of things in life. Balance, yeah. yeah. That was going to be my next question is did you ever find yourself on the other side of binge eating, like doing any of those like other like purging behaviors or like over-exercising or like for me, like me and all my friends would do like the, the laxative teas and like all kinds of gross shit to try and like balance that binge eating and that like that behavior out with like other horrible things. Did you find yeah. yourself doing any of that? Um, not never any like laxative teas. Um, I swear but... the girls that are listening will know what I'm talking about. Um, but I would say like definitely over exercising. That one's really common. Um, like going for fucking excessively long runs and just beating yourself into the ground. And which, treating it as punishment, right? Like it's yeah, not like yeah. you're doing a workout because you want to feel good and like take care of your body. It's like you're literally, I used to punish myself. I'd be like, mm-hmm. you were such a loser yesterday. And today we're going to work out for three hours. Yeah, exactly. And that's just, if you fuck up like that, just, just pick up where you left off. Mm-hmm. Like if you're on a diet and you fuck up one day, or you miss a workout, like, you don't have to go and do everything at once. Like, just fucking pick up where you left off, get back on track, and find that balance again. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, it's just, it's going to bounce up and down. Like, there's no way around it. True. Yeah, because if you deprive yourself the next day, then the day after that, you're going to be deprived, and you're more likely to slip back into the other habits. So, yeah. I always try and emphasize that, too. Like, if you if you drop the ball and you get super carried away one day, like, just drink a lot of water. Like eat a lot of greens just try and nourish your body the best you can and make healthy choices and move on don't dwell on it it's a new day starting in like whatever do you think that binge eating disorder is less there's less awareness or like education around that than like disordered eating like anorexia and bulimia like people are a lot more familiarized with those types of eating disorders and i think binge eating disorder flies under the radar and that's why it's kind of shocking to realize you might have a problem like that I would definitely say that it falls under the radar a lot and people will look at you when you have disordered eating um, in, in that way and they'll just be like, oh, you're just you're just a fat fuck. Like you, you just need to stop eating so much and you just need to exercise more. And it's like it's more intricate than that. Yeah. It's deeper than that. There's more going on and it's not just stuffing your face for the reason of stuffing your face. It's usually like – and if you look at someone that's, that's morbidly obese, okay – 
they're not just morbidly obese because they like to eat. Usually there's an underlying factor going on. Mm. Like I guarantee you 99% of those people. And Hey, maybe there's an outlier out there that just fucking loves food so much that they're okay with being 600 pounds. But most of those people have some fucked up shit going on. And that is their crutch. That is their coping mechanism. That is their addiction to deal with their shit. Yeah. Like underlying trauma and like just stuff that we haven't been able to cope with in any other way. Right. Yeah, I'd say it's very misunderstood. Yeah. And people just want to look at you as lazy and unmotivated and shitty. Um, and they just don't really understand it in the way that um, I think things like anorexia are understood or talked about. Yeah, it's really interesting because you see someone who's very thin to like an unhealthy extreme and people tend to have like compassion and fear around that. But you see someone who's overweight to the extreme and it's just like judgment usually. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And it's just, again, like I said, they look at you as lazy, unmotivated, and, and just a piece of shit. And no one wants to, like, figure out how they can help you or figure out what the underlying factors are. And to some degree, I get it because it's like you maybe don't want to offend that person or you don't want to impose. Or but Yeah, I definitely think that it needs to be, like, more talked about and more um, – there needs to be more awareness around it because it's very, very, like, low on the on the radar for people. Yeah, it's, there's just not a lot of conversation about the fact that it is an eating disorder. And I think that people just think that they're overeating or they're, you know, going through something and they don't understand that there's so many other people going through that and experiencing that too. And when I started to Google it for the first time, I was like, oh my God, this is ex describing my experience like to a T. Like there's so many other people that are dealing with this. Mm -hmm. People that deal with it that aren't even necessarily like obese or, or overweight even yeah. like there's a shit ton of people that that have binge eating disorder that are thin yeah there are and there may be even even more unhealthy habits than people that just binge eat because they're probably doing both they're binging and then they're purging and then they're fucking over exercising and yeah that you know was what I mean? me like yeah, i was never exactly. really like severely overweight i was only like maybe 20 pounds heavier than i am now not even i was less like the composition of my body has changed a lot but i w didn't weigh much more than i do now and I was just like very inflamed and very unhealthy and my body was really unhappy, but I didn't yeah. look like I had, you know, anything too serious going on. And it was kind of, it's almost like normalized too, especially when you're going through like a party phase, like binge eating and being hungover, like can kind of be the same thing at times. So like it, it was all just like a lot of blurred lines and it took me a lot of years to figure out that there was actually like something going on with me that other people weren't experiencing. Yeah. And like, I will say like, I hate to admit it, but I spend more time than I should on TikTok. Um, and even on a lot of those fitness TikToks, like you'll see some guys that are like, hey, they look half decent, but they'll still like talk about binge eating disorder almost as a joke um, rather than figuring out like, how can we deal with this? How can we make this more known? Oh. Um, how can we help people with this? It's just like, it's almost like a joke on TikTok of like... Really? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I'll send you some shit, but... Like there's, there's a ton of people that are like, that they'll talk about like caffeine addiction and binge eating and that sort of shit on TikTok. Mm, yeah. You know, they, they look great. So it's like, people don't look at it as an issue. They just look at it as like part of being in fitness. Right. You know, and yeah. It's normalizing like, it. Yeah. That's so fucked up. Like it, yeah. it, it shouldn't be that way at all. Yeah. That's whack. I'm a granny. <laughs> I don't have TikTok. So I said it else. Don't, don't fall down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, no, I have enough problems. I have enough social media addiction. Can you tell us a little bit about, like, your mental health journey alongside, like, your weight loss and everything that you've been through, like, navigating, um, like, obesity? Like, what did that look like for you in terms of, like, your, your mental health? Yeah, so, again, like, with binge eating and shit, it's, like, the first step, like I said, is, like, figuring out that you have a problem. Um and just understanding the underlying factors that are there. Um, like for me, I dealt with a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, a lot of just bullshit in my life. Like we talked about earlier, it's, it's really easy to fall into that like victim sort of mindset where it's like, I am this way because this happened to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I do this thing because this happened to me, right? Um, and it's very easy to just, just brush it off and just think that you are going to be this way for eternity and it's okay because these things happen to you. Um, and I think that a lot of people who suffer with mental health issues fall into that pit 
Um, and I think it can be really hard to pull yourself out of. But like I said, the first step is understanding that you have an issue and then also understanding that no one is fucking coming to save you. Mm, yeah. No one is coming to fucking save you. No one can save you but you, yeah. right? So it's difficult. It's, it's, it's a tough road because it's only you that can, that can make it happen. But again, I would encourage people to go find professional help and go like deal with your shit. But yeah, it's like you've got to understand that you have issues. You have to understand um, the root causes of them. And then you have to fucking just accept them and figure out a plan to deal with them. Right. And that can look like, I don't know, for me, that was, that started by going to the gym. Mm. That started by finding a way of coping with my shit. Um, that was healthier than what I was previously doing. Right. You kind of transitioned your habit of eating into a healthy habit of being addicted to the gym. Absolutely. Um, and at at points, even it was probably even, uh, unhealthy. I probably overdid it. Um, but it was at least a step in the right direction for me. Um, so that was realistically where I started. Mm -hmm. Um, I figured out I had an issue and I faced it head on and my decision was to start going to the gym and lifting weights. And I became obsessed with that. I would literally be up all night, every night on like fucking bodybuilding.com and like T nation forums, just reading shit. Um, and that's realistically where I gained a lot of the knowledge that I have today. It was just hours and hours and hours on those forums. Mm. Um, so I guess my initial start into dealing with my mental health wasn't necessarily, um, a head on approach. It was more like just sort of taking a little detour towards healthier shit. As I grew up and got older, I started to uncover more shit and I started to to deal with more shit and I went and talked to a therapist and undercover stuff that I had kind of ignored. Um, and that's why like, I always encourage people to go get help and go deal with your shit because no one's going to come save you. No one's going to come slap you across the face one day until you have an issue. Um, and even if they do, you probably won't fucking believe them unless mm-hmm. you deal with it on your own. Yeah. So. You have to come to that conclusion on your own because someone might slap you in the face until you have an issue. Like I might do it to you. But Absolutely. <laughs> if you're not ready for it. But and they're just going to be defensive uh, and yeah. it's just going to be a fight. Like if people aren't ready, they're not ready. 100%. 100%. You got to deal with that shit on your own. You got to figure out a way to, to make it happen for yourself. Um, and sometimes you're just legitimately not fucking ready. Yeah. So I'm thinking about you. How old were you when you started going to the gym? 16, 17. Oh, so like last week. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, but 16, 17. So I'm thinking about like what that would have been like, like you've, you've been struggling with your weight, like initially getting to the gym for anybody is intimidating. So how did you overcome that fear? Because I know that that's a huge issue with people who are just starting out on a fitness journey, like getting to the gym, getting comfortable in the gym, figuring out what to do in the gym, being in the gym if you're not feeling good about your body. Like, how did you overcome all of that? Um, that's, a, that's a tough one. And it can be, again, different for a lot of people. The main thing is, it's just like, again, no one's going to fucking do it for you. And for me... I would just put my fucking headphones on. I would put my big fucking sweater on that made me feel comfortable, that made me feel covered. And I would just face my shit um, and realize that, like, even if even if people are going to make fun of me now, like, fuck them, I'm going to prove them wrong, was realistically my mindset. Mm, like using that as fuel. Um, exactly. Yeah. Like, laugh at me all you want, motherfucker. Let's see who's laughing in six months. Mm-hmm that sort of shit. So that was the way that I fueled myself. Um, I can't necessarily say that's going to work for everybody. Some people maybe like go buy some fucking kettlebells and work out at home in the beginning. So you lose that first 20 pounds and you feel a little bit more comfortable. You've got some momentum going. I mean, you're ready to step foot in the gym. Um, But for me, it was just like, fuck you. Laugh at me all you want. I'm going to show you who's who's boss. So do you that remember your first day at the gym? Honestly, no. I don't even remember which gym I started at. Mm, really? um, I do remember, like, some situations in the gym. Like, I, I did legitimately get laughed at a handful of times. Um, and those situations kind of stuck with me. And I think the one that stuck with me the most was me as, like, a 17, 18-year-old overweight kid having a group of, like, grown-ass 55-year-old men fucking laughing and pointing at me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So again, but like as scary as that shit is, 
gym, like there was maybe three instances where that happened. Yeah. And like I would be in there six, seven fucking times a week. Like I was very dedicated when I started. Um, and like over, I don't even know, five, six years now, like there's been three, four instances. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it, it, it's horrible. People are assholes. Um, but if you really want to make a change in your life, who gives a fuck? Yeah. And I mean, if that were to happen, you have to like take that with a grain of salt. You're there taking care of yourself. And those people are obviously mentally unwell and like miserable as fuck. So, I mean, it doesn't say anything about you. It says everything about them. Absolutely. Did you ever have a personal trainer when you were getting started or like throughout Um, your entire journey? So this is something that I talk about quite a bit with clients and stuff. My journey was very fucking slow and very up and down. Um, and I think it could have been a lot, uh, smoother and a lot more timely, I guess, had I reached out for help. Um, but in some ways I'm also thankful for that because I think that makes me a better coach today because of how much struggle and how much up and down and how much I've seen every single side of, of, of weight and weight loss and, um, body composition. Like I've been a scrawny fucking lanky kid. I've been a big fat motherfucker. Um, and I've been kind of in the middle now where I am today, like decent amount of muscle. Um, so I'm thankful for that because I know every single fucking angle. I know how to gain muscle. I know how to lose weight. I know how to deal with the ups and downs. I know how to deal with the mental side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you wouldn't but, have learned that if you had someone guiding you, like you kind yeah, of have to learn the hard way. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, and in a lot of ways, I think that reaching out for to a personal trainer could have really helped me out. Um, but I'm also thankful for the bullshit that I've been through um, and the ups and downs and all that shit because it's made me a better coach today. Yeah, I think that's what sets you apart as a trainer. Like, like you said, like it would be intimidating to get into the fitness industry and like be un- uncertain about like your own fitness or your body or however you're feeling. But I think that's what like is gonna make you probably more successful than most people. You can just relate to people on such a real level, and I think that people resonate with that. And like you said, there's so many people that have been on that journey or have been in that situation, and they just accept that as their fate, and they are the victim and they never make that change for themselves. So your story is like incredible. And I think people recognize that in you and who wouldn't want someone to be helping them. Who's made such massive change in their own life. Yeah. And I think my favorite part of it all is that I can straight up call people on their shit. Yeah. I've been, I've been through it. I've done it. Like you can't tell me anything about that journey that I don't already fucking know. Mm -hmm. Like I've been, I've been morbidly obese. I've been a scrawny fuck. Like, I will call you on your shit all day, every day. Um, and I think a lot of people need that. They don't have that in their life. People, they're just coddled or they're, there's no real strong force in their life calling them on their bullshit. Yeah. You're a straight shooter. And that's why we got along. <laughs> Would you say that, like, now is the most consistent that you've been throughout your entire journey? Like, what's your relationship with food? Like, what's your nutrition like now? What's your training like? Um... So I would say for me, like, I have to have a lot of shit in, in check um, for things to go smoothly for me. So, like, I have to have my mental health in check. I have to be in the gym regularly um, in order for my relationship with food to be good. Mm. Um, and there are still times where I can kind of slip up and I can kind of have an episode here and there. Um, but they're very, very scarce. Like, it, it used to be... Every two, three days, I would have a binge eating episode. Um, And then it went down to like once a week, and then it was every other week, and then it was every month. And I'd say now it's like maybe every five, six months. Mm -hmm. I'll have a little bit of a a relapse. Um, And like, I still fucking love food. I still love to eat. Yeah. I still can slip into an emotional state where I'll catch myself about to like fuck some shit up, about to fuck up some, some cinnamon toast crunch. It's with you forever. Like, you can't just fucking bippity-boppity-boo, fuck-off addiction. Like, it's there forever. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just learning how to recognize it and learning how to cope with it. Um, And sometimes it's fucking hard. Yeah. Sometimes it's fucking hard. And sometimes you want to just dive into shit, you know? Um, But you have to get those habits in place and get those, um, those sort of coping mechanisms in place and just find other ways to deal with your shit. 
Mm-hmm. What do you, what's the process that you go through when you do slip up? Like, how do you deal with that? Do you let yourself go to like a dark place? Do you beat yourself up? Or like, how have you learned to like hold space for yourself or have compassion around that? I've, I've done it so much and I've dealt with it so much now that it's like, I'm pretty good at, at just kind of ignoring it and well, not ignoring it, but like getting back on track mm-hmm. and just accepting it. And like, again, it's like, like I said, it's very scarce now. It, it barely happens. Um, but I'm okay with it happening now because I know that I'm mentally strong enough and I have, uh, enough in place in my life where I can just kind of get right back to it after that. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck, whatever. Like you have a couple too many drinks one night, you have a little bit too much food one night in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to make a fucking difference. Yeah. I was thinking that I was making that comparison in my head as you were talking too. like, it is like drinking. I know that like me and a lot of people kind of in my age range and like around me, we all used to be party animals and sometimes you still get carried away. But when it happens, it doesn't mean you're starting from square one. So there's yeah. no point like going down that shame spiral, right? You just kind of, like you said, you just radically accept that for what it is and move on and try and make a little bit of a healthier decision and find that balance a little bit better like the next time. Just genuinely like being okay with being a fucking human being and exactly. fucking up all the time. Yeah. It's like if you get so caught up in like, I'm a piece of shit and I fucked up and like, I need to correct this now, that's where you get into that spiral, right? And that's... Mm what I've learned not to do is just accept it just accept yourself for being a human being that makes fucking mistakes and just just move on and tomorrow's a new day yeah I think for me that's the hardest part because I'm a control freak and I'm a perfectionist so like I always want to do everything like to the most extreme like do the most like if I'm being spiritual that month like I'm going to be the most spiritual if I'm being healthy I'm going to be like the most healthy you know what I mean like and then anything I do that's out of alignment with that it just really fucks with me mentally because I want to be the best at everything and I want to do everything to the fullest and that's something I've been working on a lot lately is being like okay like you have to find balance and you have to accept the fact that you're human and you can be real and you can be that and you can still be like a normal person and go out and have fun and like find that balance and still be really healthy and still like try and be a better person and on your personal development journey without like getting all wrapped up in like I just find there's so many people who are more worried about like the external appearance of what those identities mean than like actually living it especially in the fitness industry it's like yeah it's like are you doing this because you genuinely want to do it or because you want to feel like you identify as that thing and you can tell people that's the thing that you are yeah you know what I mean or is it something that you truly want to do in your heart you know what I mean and I think a lot of people with fitness it's like they don't even fucking do it for themselves Mm -hmm. they do it so that they can be the fitness guy and they can they can have people look at them and and be like oh that guy's he's the fitness guy he's so jacked you know yeah um and it's like fuck that like we're humans we we have a lot of different interests we have a lot of different shit going on um, you don't have to be perfect all the time. Yeah. And I think that social media has amplified that because everybody's marketing themselves on their Instagram or whatever. So it's like you have to uphold this image. So you can't have like that shadow version of you anymore. You have to erase that or like pretend it doesn't exist. So yeah. you can't yeah. still like go out and have drinks and you can't like smoke a cigarette if you wanted to because then your your whole image is going to crumble and you're going to be a phony and no one's going to want to work with you it's like why not just be real and be honest and like show both sides of you but that's just not that's not normalized people aren't doing that so it's like everybody's trying to uphold this image and it's exhausting and it's people know that that's not real either yeah and it just creates this idea of just unrealistic unsustainable bodies and lifestyles and Mm. just like do you want to be healthy happy and fit or you just want to be like fit right because you can't you you realistically it's very hard to do both it's very hard to have a fucking shredded eight pack year round and still enjoy your life and still have good relationships and still like live a meaningful life um like a lot of these people that are fucking shredded to the bone year round they're living out of tupperware containers and they're not doing shit other than going to the gym and it's just like i don't know it's not a fulfilling way to live yeah yeah, for me, that's that's not who I want to be, yeah. right? Like, I'd rather have an extra fucking 20 pounds and, like, like tomorrow I'm going golfing and I have some drinks. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to bring a Tupperware container to the fucking golf course. Mm-hmm. I get that. That makes sense. I like that. 
approach too. It's about being real and honest with yourself and like still finding the ways to like live a fulfilling life, whatever that looks like for you, but still being able to live healthy and well and help people find the balance for them. And that's not going to look exactly the same either. Not everybody's going to have a fucking shredded date pack and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like just focus on becoming a little bit better than you were yesterday. Have you ever dealt with body dysmorphia? Oh, fuck yeah. Every single day. Okay. Tell us about <laughs> I that. I still deal with that shit. I don't think that ever really goes away. What does that look like for you? I don't think that's something that I've personally dealt with much. So, like, what is that experience like? So, body dysmorphia is fucking weird. It's very weird, and it's it's hard to explain. Like, I can walk past a mirror at fucking 8, 20 p.m. and be like, damn, like, I look good. Like, getting jacked and then i can walk past that exact same mirror at 8 22 p.m and be like i am a fucking whale where's the harpoon take me down and fucking harvest my blubber because <laughs> i am ready to feed a village uh, there's no rhyme or reason to it there's no like i don't know it's just it's a weird it's a very weird situation it's very difficult to deal with and it's something that i actually haven't looked into dealing with yet that i probably should probably reach out for help with um but yeah body dysmorphia is fucked up it's fucked up yeah and it it can really affect you a lot um it can put you into a dark place um and it can also like make you feel like you're the hottest shit on the block right because it goes Um, both ways yeah i guess the best way i can describe it is it's struggling to find a middle ground with yourself and and struggling to like, you, you know, when you walk into a, a house of mirrors and there's like the one that makes you look tall and skinny and there's the one yeah. that makes you look short and fat and there's the one that makes you look fucking wide and squiggly. It's like, <laughs> that's what I would compare body dysmorphia to. It's like, I can walk past a regular ass mirror and I can look fucking jacked one minute and then like a fat piece of shit the next. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the best way I could describe it to someone who's never dealt with it, mm-hmm. walking into a fucking house of mirrors. And how do you cope with that now? I mean, I know you just said that you haven't spent a lot of time like addressing it, but what kind of techniques do you have to deal with that? Because that's confusing, obviously. Well, first of all, it's like I try not to tie my worth with my, my body and the way that I look. Um, as difficult as that can be as a personal trainer. Um, I try not to attach my value to the way that I look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that can be difficult at times. Um, there's probably a lot of people that, that maybe look at me and they don't see your traditional Instagram fucking personal trainer. Um, and I almost prefer that. But yeah, like it's, it's tough and, and it's something that I continue to work on and that I probably need to attack a little bit more aggressively. Do you feel like a lot of your clients experience that? Um, I don't know. It's again, it's one of those things that's not talked about enough. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things that kind of gets pushed into the, to the back of the closet. Um, it doesn't ever really get brought to light. And I don't know. It's, it's tough to say because I think a lot of people that are dealing with it don't really talk about it and they don't really um, deal with it because mm-hmm. uh, it, it doesn't really have a big effect on uh how other people might perceive you or or how your daily life might go it's just like those times when you look in the mirror and you don't necessarily uh have a good perception of what's going on yeah well it's it's mental right like it can cause I'm, i'm sure that it can cause a lot of like emotional and mental suffering but it's kind of internal yeah for sure i mean there's there comes with it a lot of fucking 35 minute sessions of looking in the mirror and seeing 16 different things so yeah again like I said it's something that I'm still working on I'm still trying to cope with and I think it really does like like you mentioned come down to like a self-worth thing like the goal is to look in the mirror and love yourself every time you see yourself regardless yeah. of like yeah. what you see I mean, or like your mood or whatever is determining those things so like having that compassion for yourself and that that unconditional self-love is probably the biggest thing and that takes a lot of time and effort to cultivate yeah, and like for me now, it's like, yes, I have body dysmorphia, but when I look in the mirror, if I'm not 100% like looking great in my eyes, it doesn't affect me really and, and like it doesn't bring me down. It's just like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I look this way and earlier I look that way. I don't really like tie my emotions or my self-worth into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where it can be really, really tough for people is when they they don't know how to remove their self-image from who they are and 
they get too tied up that way. I think it can be really destructive there for people. Yeah, that's an important point. Do you think that you have a thick skin? Because you mentioned that you were bullied a lot during your younger years or in the past. So do you think that's given you a thicker skin? Or what do you think the the consequences or like even the blessings of experiencing that have been for you? Uh, I would say that like, to be real, um, <clears throat> in general, most shit rolls off my back. Um, but when shit does stick, it's sticky as a motherfucker and it can be tough to shake. So I would say that 98% of shit just rolls right off my back. And then, uh, there are those little situations here and there that that do stick. And when they do stick, um, they take a little while to shake. Mm -hmm. Um, but as a whole, I would say most shit doesn't really affect me. Um, and I have a lot more self-worth and confidence than, I really ever have so yeah I would say as a whole not a lot of shit affects me but when it does it can it can take a little while for me yeah it hurts what kind of advice would you give someone who is on a fitness journey and like receives some kind of hateful energy towards them like that like what do you tell yourself or like how would you coach someone through that if they were your client comes down to that person that is giving you that hate is a broken human being mm. Because, like, confidence, self-aware, strong people don't tear other people down. Exactly, yeah. They just fucking don't. It just doesn't happen. Like, confident people aren't worried about other confident people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of times that hate comes from a place of people see you as confident and they see you as strong and they see you as all of these things that they want to be and they want to tear you down to their level so that you can have that, that equal playing field mm-hmm. so that they can feel better about themselves. Yeah. Um, so sure like, first, first step is just realizing that if someone's saying some shit to you, then they're broken. They're fucked up. That's on them. Yeah. So if you had to give people three tips, anyone who is on a weight loss journey right now or is thinking about starting working towards a weight loss goal, what would your top three tips be? Three tips. Hmm. I mean, that's a little tough. Like, realistically, it just comes down to, like, baby steps. Like, don't focus on trying to track your macros and eat 300 grams of protein and get to the gym six times a week and like do 45 minutes of cardio every day and all this shit all at once Mm. break it up what's something that you can realistically start and sustainably do like maybe it's drinking three liters of water maybe it's going for a 10 minute walk every night right like just find something that you can commit to that is easy to make happen Mm -hmm. right um, like I won't have people start going to the gym fucking six days a week. Like start with once, make yeah. it a habit, right? Once it becomes a habit, maybe we add in another day, right? It's the same shit with, with weight loss. It's like find a couple of little things you can do and start doing them, mm. right? Like maybe, maybe that translates to right now you're, you're drinking uh, pop with a shit ton of sugar in it. And maybe right now you're not ready to make the full switch over to water. Maybe right now the first step for you is diet right maybe it's diet pop and then maybe next week it's it's tea right like just find something that you know is realistic that you know you can make happen and just get after it right and then eventually it compounds and it it sort of habits start to build on each other and the next thing you know you you have all your shit in in place and you're making it happen and yeah that's that's the best advice i can really give people is like find something that you really a hundred percent like there's no doubt in your mind you make happen and then make it happen once it's a habit find the next thing mm-hmm. yeah i like that was that number one two and three that's all of them that's just that's, one that's it that's it just just find some shit that you 100 percent know in your heart you can make happen and, and make it fucking happen and don't try to do everything at once yeah because it's not sustainable true don't try to do it all don't try to be fucking superman like you got that way for a reason and it's going to take some time to, to get to where you want to be and just accept that right Okay, I have a question. If someone is has a weight loss goal, they're not working out and they're not focusing on their nutrition right now, do you recommend that people start like working out and trying to work on their nutrition at the same time? Or should they go to the gym first? Or should they start with their nutrition first? I feel like that's a question that I hear, like I overhear and I see a lot of 
again, I think it depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like for me, I usually start with going to the gym first mm. because I find it's a lot easier to make better choices when I get home from a workout. Mm, okay. Right. You don't, you don't really want to come home from a grueling workout and then dive into a fucking large pizza necessarily. Hey, maybe you do. Um, but for me, it's like, I want to nourish my body. Like I don't want to fuck up that hour and a half I just spent mm-hmm. and dive into some shitty food. Um, so I think, again, it's like a little bit different for everybody. And I don't think there's like a sweeping statement that you can make. Like this is the best. Um, I think everyone's different. Everyone's going to have to find a different strategy for them. But again, like with nutrition, it doesn't have to be this big, like fucking overhaul, right? Like maybe you drink a little bit more water. Maybe you focus on adding in a little bit more protein, right? Um, so yeah, it's like, it's going to be a little bit different for everybody, but I would say like, just pick one and make it happen. And then again, like let that snowball effect start to roll. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I like what you said about, I find that with a lot of people, if you start with working out, then you have more of a motivation, you're more motivated or more of an incentive to eat something a little bit healthier. Yeah. It's like, you're going to want to, I mean, again, maybe not everybody, but you're going to want to like continue to have that good feeling mm-hmm. right you don't want to go fuck yourself up and, and smash a large pizza and then sit there like a lump of shit like you're going to want to continue to ride that that high i guess that's what you could call it right mm-hmm. yeah okay well thank you for all of your wisdom tell us a fun fact about you fun fact about me um i've been bit by like six dogs you've been bit by life. six dogs yeah and I still love them. I have scars to prove it. I don't know if you can see that, but the scar there, little fucking Jack Russell latched on, ripped my whole hand open when I was like 10 years old. Yeah. Um, been bit in the face by a Shih Tzu. Oh, I think bit. you're doing something wrong. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. <laughs> what I'm doing, but, uh, haven't been bit by a dog in about 10 years, so I guess I, I guess I solved it. Oh, your aura must have changed. <laughs> my energy's improved. I'm not such a fucking crazy kid anymore. Oh, that's good. That wasn't really like a fun fact, but interesting. Um, and are you taking new clients right now? I'm always taking new clients. Where can people find you? All right. You can find me on Instagram at Inclusive Strength Collective. Um, you can follow my personal Instagram if you want, at Cody Felgnar. I'm sure Riley will put in the link below. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. That's the easiest spot to get me. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you again for coming on. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you for sharing all that knowledge. And yeah, you're a legend. I think that you have an incredibly unique perspective in the industry and you're a real one. So appreciate you. I appreciate you. I Don't appreciate copy you. me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, friends. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Please do share this episode with anyone that you think may find it helpful or insightful. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, show some love, all that good shit. And make sure that you reach out to Cody with any questions that you have or if you're interested in working with him. Until next time.